0: By now, you have all heard of the low inventory of houses for sale that's sweeping the nation. Today, I'm going to talk to you about what that low inventory is like on the ground level in the Tampa Bay area. Hey everybody, Melanie Atkinson here, realtor with Smith & Associates in beautiful Tampa Bay, Florida. So I've been a realtor for a long time and I thought I was prepared for the pace of the market in 2021. I don't know if anyone could have prepared themselves for what the first two months of this year have been like. I can describe the first two months of 2021 in a lot of different adjectives from euphoric to the sellers that are cashing in and the buyers that are getting the houses that they want to downright frustrating for most buyers and even unfair for a lot of buyers in hillsborough county right now which is the county that tampa is located in we have only three weeks of single family home inventory on the market right now a balanced housing market is illustrated when you have about six months of inventory on the market we have three weeks that is not balanced at all it's a seller's market for sure so How do you navigate this market? Should you jump into this market? And what tips do I have to give you to be successful in this market? Quick disclaimer, if you are buying anywhere other than the Tampa Bay area of Florida and you have a trusted realtor, listen to him or her. What works here might not work there and you need to listen to the person that you trust. Okay, how do you navigate this market? First, you need to enlist the help of a trusted, knowledgeable and experienced realtor i know great first advice from a realtor but please don't push that thumbs down button yet there's a reason that i'm telling you this this is my first piece of advice because it is very true being a buyer in a seller's market like today's is is a bloodbath this is a multiple offer escalation clause post occupancy i will buy your kids a pony if you sell me your house kind of market Realtors are using tools and tricks to get their buyers under contract that you don't necessarily know if you're out there navigating this by yourself. Plus, you might not even get a chance to see a house before it goes pending, depending on what the listing agent's schedule is. By finding an experienced realtor to help you through this market, you will hopefully have an advantage over others who aren't using realtors or less experienced realtors in getting the home that you really, really want. Second, find yourself a knowledgeable lender partner. Just like your realtor, if you have a good and competent lender, they can help you win a bidding war. Find a lender who is willing to call a listing agent for you after you submit an offer, so the listing agent feels confident that that lender will be able to close the loan and that you are qualified. Also, find a lender that will explain to you why having a pre-approval letter means so much more than just having a generic online pre-qualification letter. Find a lender who will communicate with you during the entire process and help get you to the closing table. My third piece of advice is to look closely at your finances because you might have to get creative. It is very normal for a buyer right now to guarantee to pay a certain amount over appraised value in order to win that contract. You may have to put down a larger down payment or the seller might want you to put more of an escrow deposit down. You may want to sell your current house in order to have a larger down payment, but good luck getting a seller who will accept a contract contingent on the sale of your home. So you may need to tap into other money sources such as investment accounts. If you are lucky enough to be a cash buyer and you're offering the same amount that the finance buyers are offering, then most likely you will win those contracts. Any way you look at it, having more money available to spend is more advantageous when in a multiple offer situation. Now remember what I said about a minute ago about the market being unfair? This is one of those examples, and I wish it wasn't like that, but unfortunately, that is what we're seeing right now in the market. But don't fret, if you don't have a lot of money to put down, I will have an option for you in a little bit. My fourth piece of advice in navigating this market is to be flexible, but don't settle. It is very easy to get caught up in the excitement of a new home that just hit the market. You see people lined up to see the house, the agents asking for highest and best after 12 hours on the market, you start panicking and throw everything you can into an offer. Stop and take a breath and make sure this house is one that you actually like. Does it fit your needs? Is it in the area that you want? Is it the right choice for you and your family? If the answer is yes to those questions, then go ahead and listen to your agent's advice and put in a strong offer that you're comfortable with. If the answer is no, then don't be afraid to move on. Houses come on the market all the time. I know it doesn't feel like that because there's so few on the market, but there will always be another house. I see it all the time and a lot of my clients can attest that that's true. They get very upset about losing multiple offer situations, but then something comes on the market that's way better than that other house. All that being said, I don't want you to settle, but I do need you to be flexible. So if there's easy things to fix, like cosmetic items, don't let that stand in the way of making the offer. It is hard to find an absolutely perfect home whenever there's not that many on the market. So be flexible on the once, but not as flexible on the must haves. So Melanie, if everything is so crazy, why should I even jump into this market as a buyer? Obviously that's a question that only you can truly answer, but what I'm seeing from most of my buyers is they are choosing to jump into this market for three reasons. Those three reasons are historically low interest rates, flexibility in where they can work because of working from home, and out of town buyers who are looking to leave more expensive states to come here to Florida where we don't have as much in taxes. If you do decide to jump in as a buyer, just please understand that this isn't a dip your toe in the water type of market. This is a dive in head first in the deep end market, which is why I advised you to get your team in order first. You have to be ready because houses don't last that long on the market. So if you're a serious buyer, you have your team together. You have to go out and see houses very quick and make offers very quickly, strong offers. Psychologically, you need to prepare yourself for the feeling that maybe you aren't getting a good deal on a property. There's not a lot of those going around right now. So if you are the type of person who likes to negotiate and you wouldn't feel comfortable buying a house without a back and forth price negotiation, then what I typically recommend is that don't go see a house until it's been on the market for a week or two. A house that lingers even for a short period of time on the market is usually indicative of it being too high of a price, of it not being a location that everybody likes, or the condition of it being bad. In the beginning of a listing, sellers don't feel the need to lower the price of their house because they have a line of people waiting to see it. If it ends up staying on the market for a couple weeks, then chances are they've gotten some feedback that has told them that either their house is overpriced or something needs to be fixed to make it more desirable. That's when you might be able to negotiate. If you aren't aggressive in viewing properties and making strong offers, then chances are you're just gonna be standing on the sidelines until all this craziness balances out a little bit. I talk to so many people who are worried about the seller's market and whether it's going to stick around for a while or whether there's gonna be a housing bubble that's going to burst. And I'm here to tell you that I worry about the same things. The last thing that I want is for my buyers today to be sitting in a house that they can't sell a couple years from now. So whether today's buyers are overpaying remains to be seen, and there's a lot of economic factors that will play into what happens to the housing market in the next couple of years. We can debate all day long about the housing bubble, but there is one factor that I do want to highlight, and that is supply. Not enough supply and too much demand is one of the major reasons for the seller's market. Yes, people want to buy bigger houses and lock in these low interest rates. That is part of what's creating demand. But looking at the bigger picture, millennials are now the prime age for buying homes. The economy has been good for the last decade. They have good jobs. They have families. They have paid off their student loan debt. They are a huge pool of buyers. That wasn't the same back in the last downturn. They were still in school. Add on the fact that the baby boomer generation is living longer. They're healthy. They're not moving out of their houses. Some of them are even buying second homes, which further increases demand. And when they don't sell their houses to millennials or Gen Xers, then we don't have any supply. Another factor that I was reading about this week was during the Great Recession, especially here in the Tampa Bay area, about 2008 to 2011, we had very little new construction. So for four years, builders were not creating inventory. Now we have builders scrambling to build as fast as they can to keep up with inventory demands, but we were four years behind. Also keep in mind that our demand here in the Tampa Bay area is coming from a lot of -of out-of-state buyers. My point in highlighting all of this is not to say that there won't be any sort of market correction in a few years. It's to say that the demand is not really going to go down. We still have people coming to live here. We have a population of people who are buying homes. We have an older population who are not selling homes and builders that can't keep up. So all of these people need houses. They need condos, they need townhouses, they need apartments, they need a place to live. That's not really going to change. It's gonna take a long time to get out of this inventory hole that we are currently in. So those are just my thoughts on supply. It's one of the things that I don't think people talk about enough, and I'm seeing it all over the place here on the ground level in the Tampa Bay area. So if you're a buyer and you're needing a house for whatever reason, then feel free to jump in, just do it intelligently and don't stretch yourself too far financially. And if you're worried about a market correction and you don't wanna buy now, that's fine. Now I wanna give you five bits of advice when dealing with this low inventory multiple offer situation. Number one, escalation clauses. An escalation clause is when a buyer presents an offer at a certain price. They also agree to pay a certain amount above the next highest offer up to a certain amount for example if a buyer makes a four hundred thousand dollar offer and includes an escalation clause that says i will pay a thousand dollars more than the next highest offer up to 425. sounds like a great tactic doesn't it yes and no i have seen it work i have used them they have worked but a lot of sellers do not like them and here's why if they ask for highest and best offers and you're giving them an escalation clause you're basically telling them, hey, I'm willing to pay $425, but only if someone's willing to pay $424. And then I'll pay $1,000 more than that and I'll pay $425. Buyers want to use them because they don't want to feel like they're grossly overpaying for something, but sellers don't really like the fact that buyers are trying to get it for a lower price than what they're actually willing to pay for it. So if you're using escalation clauses and you keep losing in multiple offer situations, I would suggest that you think twice about it and maybe next time just put in your highest offer. Number two, being a cash buyer who is actually financing. On a Florida contract, you can waive your financing contingency and technically be a cash buyer, but still be getting financing. This means that you are very confident of your ability to get your loan and you're willing to risk your escrow deposit if for some reason you don't get that loan. Also keep in mind by waiving this contingency, you are also going to be at the mercy of the appraisal. If it comes in low and you don't have an appraisal contingency, then you will be paying the difference between the appraised value and the contract price. Now this is a tactic that's working very well in this multiple offer situation, but you need to make sure that you're going to qualify for the loan. So have lots of conversations with your lender before you do this because you don't want to lose your escrow deposit. Number three, post occupancies. It's not always about price for sellers. Sometimes they greatly value flexibility in when they need to move out and would really love to be able to stay in that house for a week or two after they close. If you as a buyer have housing, say you're in a rental for a month or two longer, and you're able to offer the house for the seller to stay, then they very well might take you up on that. I won't go into all of the details about what's required in the post occupancy. Just keep in mind that you do want to have a solid post occupancy agreement and you might want to consult an attorney in order to make sure you have everything covered in that agreement. So remember earlier when I said if you don't have a lot of money to put down on a house that you might have an option? This is the option that I want to tell you about. You need to consider new construction options. Why? You're probably going to have better luck if you're an FHA buyer, or if you only want to put 5% down on a conventional loan with builders. Builders are not afraid of these types of loans. They do them all the time. You're not necessarily in a multiple offer situation with a builder, so you're not competing against somebody else. A lot of my buyers have had a lot of success in getting contracts on new builds. Now, the downside is that you might have to wait a while for that new build. Builders are not negotiating on price right now, but When comparing a new build to a resale with multiple offers, a lot of times if you don't have enough money down or enough cash to be creative, then you don't win that multiple offer situation. So new construction is really a great place for you to look if you have it in your area. Now my last tip is for all of you sellers out there and to remind you guys to not get lazy and don't get greedy. Just because the market is going crazy doesn't mean that every buyer is gonna wanna overpay you for your house. You still need to follow the same basic rules of selling. Prepare your house perfectly, declutter, paint, do whatever you need to do to make sure that your house looks perfect the day it goes on the market. Regarding price, I know it's tempting to put it super high because everyone's bidding over, but keep in mind that if you price the house near market value, you'll have more people looking at it and buyers will offer over. If you price it too high, then you might be one of those houses that lingers on the market that people will want to negotiate with later on. Buyers always determine the value of a house. So if it is at market value and buyers determine that it's worth more, they will offer higher. If they determine it's worth less, they will offer lower. So don't get greedy. We are just now heading into the spring and summer market here in the Tampa Bay area, and I am expecting it to be as crazy as the last two months have been. Please remember to make good decisions during this time and work with people who you trust to represent you. You've been listening to the Melanie Loves Tampa Bay podcast experience. Thank you for your support. Consider subscribing if you want to learn about real estate, homeownership, or living in the Tampa Bay area. You can also follow me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links are in my show notes. Or visit my website, Bay.com. See you in the next episode. With love, Melanie.